So thank you guys. Again, thank you guys for being here. It's just super encouraging just to see uh, what God's already doing. If this keeps happening, we're quickly going to have to move to two services. So <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, so, yeah, Matthew chapter 13, that's where we're going to be looking this morning. I wanted to just start off, like, right out the gates. Don't pull any surprise punches or anything. I want to just share with you guys um, our vision as a church. Uh, and I was praying through this week, like, what God wanted me to share uh, with the body this morning. And uh, the message I'm going to share this morning is similar to a message I shared six weeks ago at our first community gathering at noon. Uh, it, it's really just our core DNA uh, for who I believe God is calling us to be as a church. And uh, we see it in the Gospel of Matthew. But starting off, uh, just our vision uh, of who we are and who we want to be and our DNA and what this church is about. Our vision is to see the story of Jesus radically transform the lives of people in the city of Ashland and the city itself. So we're a church literally on mission to share the story of Jesus. And as we do that, we believe people's lives will be transformed. And we believe that the very cities that we live in will be transformed as well. So what we're praying for really and what we're asking God to do as we start this new church is that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done in Ashland, even as it is in heaven. It's a part of the Lord's prayer. He said that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're praying that God would do that in the city of Ashland. And people have moved from Eugene. Some people moved here from Arizona to be a part of this because we truly believe uh, after 10 years of prayer, the Lord put this on my heart, church planting 10 years ago. After 10 years of prayer, we believe that now was the time and this was the place and that this was the city that God was calling us to come and begin to plant gospel seeds in. And so uh, again, we're just on mission to share the story of Jesus. And as we do that, we believe the city is going to be transformed and we believe people's lives are going to be transformed. Transformed. But that's a that's a that's a big vision, like seeing a whole city and seeing people's lives changed and transformed. And so the question is, how can we actually like do that? How can we actually see that take place? Like it would it's cool to talk about. We would love to see God's kingdom come in Ashland and his will be done as it is in heaven. But what do we do? Like what role do we play in actually facilitating that and, and seeing that come to pass? And the answer is found here in our text today in the stories that Jesus himself told, parables about the kingdom. And so in Matthew chapter 13, I want you to see first and foremost what Jesus says um, about parables, which were stories. And if you know anything about the Gospels, Jesus always was sharing stories. Uh, he, he was always telling parables. And the disciples, they came up to him one time and said, man, why, why do you speak to everybody in parables? Why are you always telling stories? And here's what Jesus said in verse 10 of Matthew 13. He said, the disciples came, said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And this is fascinating what Jesus says. He answered them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. So when the people, when the disciples asked Jesus, man, why do you speak in parables? Why do you always tell stories? He said, these stories, these parables actually are revealing secret truths about the kingdom of heaven. 
the kingdom that Jesus was bringing to the earth, the kingdom that we are a part of. Jesus said the parables aren't just normal stories. They're stories about how the kingdom of God expands. They're, they're stories about how the kingdom reaches people and invades people's lives. And so as we read the parables, as we read the stories Jesus told, that's the lens, that's the filter that we need to have in mind. He's talking about the kingdom here, how the kingdom of God works, how the kingdom of God expands. And so we're going to see uh, the first parable that Jesus told uh, about the kingdom. Keep that in mind here in Matthew chapter 13. So let's look at verse 1. It says this, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood at the beach. Be nice if we were at a beach right now, by the way, doing a Bible study, that'd be kind of cool, but this works. And he told them many things in parables saying, here's a parable, a story about the kingdom. He said, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus here tells a parable which at face value is really interesting. In the story, he says, a guy goes out and, and begins to sow seeds. And as he's doing that, it's interesting, he says, he throws some of the seeds in the thorn bushes. And he throws some of the seeds on the stones. And he throws some of them by the wayside. And then some of them he does throw on good soil. Now, if any of you guys have ever done gardening before, like, you know the first rule of gardening is plant the seed in the good soil, right? Like, how many of you guys driving down Siskiyou today saw a dude walking down the street and, like, throwing seeds in the middle of the road, like, right? Or if you came from Medford driving up I-5, have you ever seen that? Like, whoa, that dude's throwing seeds in the middle of I-5. Like, no, that doesn't happen, right? Like, my dad's here, and we had a garden growing up, and he taught me, man, just set it right in the, right, right in the good spot. We even had thorn bushes in our second backyard, but never once did my dad say, let's go throw some seeds in there and see what happens, right? People only plant seeds, like, in the good soil. So what, what's he talking about here? Why does he say that this sower is throwing seeds in the thorns and throwing them among the rocks and throwing them by the wayside, like that, that doesn't happen. So what's he talking about here? Well, again, these stories reveal secret truths about the kingdom that Jesus was bringing and the secret of the kingdom. What Jesus is sharing through this parable is that the gospel, the story of Jesus, the message of the kingdom was for all people, not just a small select group. The seed is the word of God. It's the message of the kingdom. It's the gospel. And he says, man, as the seed gets scattered, it is for people with all different heart conditions, people whose hearts are hard and stony and, and hard toward the things of God. The gospel seed is for them. The kingdom should be brought to them. People whose lives are wrapped up and entangled in the weeds of the world, entangled in the cares of the world, living for the world. The gospel seed, the story of the kingdom, the messages, it's for them. 
It's not just a select people. It's not just people who have everything figured out. The gospel of the kingdom is for everybody. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And he said this as well in his great commission before he ascended into heaven, after his resurrection from the dead. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, the great commission, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So the great commission for the church, what Jesus was commissioning his disciples to do after he ascended into heaven, I want you to go make disciples. But not just a select few, not just one niche people group, for all nations, all people coming from all different backgrounds, with, with all different sorts of heart conditions. The gospel is for them. Discipleship is for them. And this is amazing because it shows us really that the gospel is different than any other seed. Every seed that we plant as humans has to be in the perfect soil, has to be perfectly watered, have the right amount of sun in order to grow. The gospel, though, has the ability to produce fruit on any heart. This is our story. You, me, all of us had a heart at one point hard towards God, callous towards the things of God. And somebody came and planted a gospel seed, shared the good news of what Jesus has done. And Jesus takes a heart of stone, it says in the book of Isaiah, and turns it into a heart of flesh. Jesus has the ability to produce fruit from somebody's life who is entangled in the weeds of the world. It's not, man, that guy's so messed up. She's so far from God. They're so messed up. It's not for them. Jesus says, go throw the seed there. Go throw the seed. Go bring the message of the kingdom. Go make disciples of people who are far from me. That's who it's for. That's who the gospel's for, the message of the kingdom. And it's amazing because, again, the gospel seed, it has the ability to produce fruit wherever it is planted. And so Jesus here is telling the story of a man going out and doing this. And this is our role and this is our responsibility as disciples of Jesus to continue to plant seeds where most people wouldn't plant them. That means we're called as a church, and we truly believe this, we are called to sow kingdom seeds on all different types of soil. Because when we plant seeds on all different types of soil, that's how the kingdom spreads. Not just when we give it to the people who we think are ready for it, but when we invite people who we think are so far from God and their hearts are so hard towards God, when we plant seeds in their lives, God uses that. He changes their heart of stone. He gives them a heart of flesh. He frees them through Jesus, through the gospel, from the cares of life. The people who have fallen by the wayside, the gospel comes, it brings them back on. It's amazing what the gospel seed can do, and it's so powerful. And so we are going to be a church who plants gospel seeds where other people don't want to. We're going to be a church who reaches out to people who have been rejected by other churches. We're going to be a church who welcomes people who have never been welcomed. We're going to be a church that invests in this community and in the people of this community who churches have said no, who churches have closed their doors to. We're saying the gospel's for you. We're saying come in. We're saying Jesus loved us and died for us while we were sinners and while we were his enemies. We're going to be a church who plants gospel seeds on all types of soil. Amen? So... That's what we're about. 
That's, that's the type of church that we are going to be, loving the people who have been rejected, inviting people who have never been invited, planting seeds in people's lives who nobody has ever cared to, to reach out to. That's the type of church that we're going to be. And so this is a, a safe place where the lingo we use here is you can belong before you believe. This is a place where if you don't believe in Jesus, you're welcome here. We're, we're glad you're here. If you come from a different cultural background, a different religious background, man, this is a safe place for all people because this is where we are going to talk about the kingdom and, and, and we want to plant seeds. And so I want you guys to know, man, you can invite people into this place who are far from God. You can invite people into this place who hate God. This is the safest place. The church should be a safe place for people who can come and hear the gospel message and have that seed planted. And so a part of my heart and my vision and even my call to come and plant this new church in the city of Ashland, it came out of a deep conviction to plant in a community that really was unreached. And that took a while for me to get. I'll share a little bit of my, guys, my story with you guys. It was about 10 years ago. Um, I really started feeling the Lord calling me to church plant. I was in Bible college uh, in Hawaii, and um, I just felt like deep down the Lord was one day calling me to church plant. I didn't know where. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And so uh, for the past 10 years, I've just been in prayer about that. For the last three years, it's been really serious. And uh, initially, like what I wanted and what, what I thought was going to happen was uh, that God was going to move me to a big city. That was my heart. That was my desire. I was thinking Australia. I was thinking uh, Melbourne, British Columbia. Not, that's Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Vancouver, BC. I was thinking Seattle. I was thinking Portland. That like fit, fit more of my vibe. Like I felt like, dude, that'd be sweet, being in a big city, tons of people. That's what I wanted to do. But as I was praying about all those places where – I felt would be a cool place to church plant, the Lord began to place, for some reason, the city of Ashland on my heart. And real quickly, I tried to get it out as fast as I could because this is actually where I was born, right down the street on my living room floor. Thank you, Mom. Um, so th this is my hometown. So when God placed the city of Ashland on my heart, like I grew up in Medford, I was like, oh, man, no, I don't, I don't really want to go back there. I want to be in the big city. I want to... Uh, do ministry to the millions, you know, and God was like Ashland. And it took a long time for me to, to give up what I wanted and to really see that what God wanted and what he was doing was so much bigger. And ultimately, as I began to just say, God, if that's really where you want me to be, you got to change my heart because in the beginning, my heart wasn't in it. And there was a complete change. I began to see how amazing it would be to invest in a smaller community that's really unreached, in, in, in a community where there's not a lot of gospel seeds going out, where there's not a lot of thriving churches, where there's not a lot happening for the younger generation. And so again, my call coming to Ashland uh, really came out of a deep conviction that we were going to be a church that was going to be planted in an unreached community. And that's what led us ultimately to the city of Ashland. And as I began to share with people, I'm, I'm thinking Ashland, I heard this over and over again that man you know it's really a, a dark place there and it's really rough soil there and in the last 20 years a lot of churches actually in Ashland have left Ashland and went to Phoenix and went to Talent because uh, people have said man it's a rough place and that's exactly why we're here 
because we want to plant seeds on the soil where other people aren't planting. We want to come and bring the gospel and plant kingdom seeds and reach people who nobody else is reaching. And uh, we have a big heart as well for Southern Oregon University. That's a big thing that drew us to the city of Ashland for the last five years. I've been doing college ministry at University of Oregon. And um, I was talking to one of my buddies who went to SOU for a couple years and then came up to the church in Eugene that I was a part of. And he was like, dude, there was nothing happening down there. And I was like, man, that's actually where we're planting. And so, again, it's another part of our vision is really just doing ministry on the campus and reaching out to the campus. And it's been amazing the response that we've got in the last week. We were tabling on Monday, tabling on Thursday on the campus and sharing that hey we're, we're here in the community we're here for the community we're here for the campus we're going to be starting a college ministry on the campus and the response that we got from the college students was like finally like we've been waiting for this we've been here one year two year three years and like there's nothing happening there's no churches reaching out which was the complete opposite when i was in eugene like it's super saturated with tons of church ministries. It's like you can go to one every night or multiple each night. And then I was like, man, nothing happening at SOU. So we have a big heart for that. If you guys are college students, stay tuned. Follow us on social media. We're going to be launching later this week. And so, uh, again, a part of our vision for SOU was planting seeds where people aren't planting going and scattering gospel seeds where, where people aren't doing that and really southern oregon university has a has a huge need and we're going to be doing that and so we're super excited and so again that response uh which was just confirmation that this is where the lord has us the response we were getting this week of man we've, we've really been waiting for this i want you guys to know that that is always going to be the response that you get when you begin to plant seeds and when you begin to reach people who nobody else is reaching out to like when, when you invite someone to church who's never been to church, when you begin to really invest into people's lives who have been rejected, people need love, you guys. People need the gospel. And when we, the people of God, reach out to people who haven't experienced that, th there's, there's a genuine hunger and a genuine thirst. And so we want to be a church that does that. Not just me here on Sundays, all of us collectively throughout the week praying through, man, God, who have you placed in my life who is hard soil? Who have you placed in my life that is living for completely the things of the world? Those are the people God wants us to invest in. Those are the people God wants us to reach out to. Those are the people that we can scatter gospel seeds to and really invite into what Jesus is doing. And so ultimately, we believe as this church, Jesus is calling us to reach out to people that God has placed in our lives and invite them into the story of Jesus, invite them into what God is doing. And so this is just a huge challenge. And again, that's why these cards are so cool. You, you can take a card, you can take a stack of those cards and throughout the week, man, who does God place on your heart? Who has God brought into your life that you say, man, come be a part of what Jesus is doing because Jesus wants to use us to plant those seeds in other people's lives. So the parable of the sower Back in uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says that these seeds fall on four different types of soil. And again, we're going to be that church that plants gospel seeds where they haven't been planted. We're going to throw them into the thorns. We're going to throw them onto the rocks. We're going to throw them to all sorts of people. We believe Jesus is calling us to do that as a church. But if you notice something really amazing about this parable, Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 isn't just telling this story. Like at face value, that's what's happening. There's a massive multitude. Jesus is telling a story about a guy going out and planting seeds on all different types of soil. But what made Jesus' ministry so effective 
is that in this very moment that he is telling this story, he's actually living it out. Like Jesus is saying, there's a guy who goes out and plants these seeds on all different types of soil. And as he's saying that, in the multitude, there was people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different heart conditions. And he was saying, the sower goes out and sows seeds. Some fall on the rocks. In that very moment, there was people listening to him whose hearts were like a rock, whose hearts were hard. He said, some fall by the thorns. There was people listening to Jesus whose, whose hearts were wrapped into the things of the world, who were entangled in the snares of the world. So Jesus, again, his, his ministry and his message was so effective because in the very moment that he's speaking and telling this story, he was living it out in that exact same moment, which was so amazing. He's not just talking about being a person who goes and sows seeds. He was actually in that moment sowing seeds on all different types of soil. And that is where the power comes from. And this is something that we as a church need to grow in. And the church at large is, man, being a church and being a people group who doesn't just come and, and learn the stories and hear the stories and go, oh, that's good, but living it because that's where the power's at. Jesus isn't just talking about, man, that'd be cool hypothetically to go plant seeds. He's, he's planting seeds. He's reaching people. And so we want to collectively be a church that's telling the story of what Jesus is doing in this city. And that happens through our lives. It doesn't happen by, by the way we talk and the things we say necessarily. It's our lives. Like your life and my life, that is a story. Like people are observing you. People are saying, man, what story is his life telling? What story is her life telling? What are they about? What are they into? And so again, Jesus, people, people didn't have to listen to Jesus. They could have just watched him and Jesus could have never said a word and they would have known what he was about and he would have changed people's lives because he was living it. And so I want to challenge us to be a people who is living the story of Jesus, who's actively engaging in it and living it out. And a lot of people, they, they want that. They're like, man, I would love to be able to tell cool stories of what God's doing and how he's changing people's lives and how he's using me. A lot of people would like to do that, but they don't actually live the story that they would want to tell. So ultimately, if you want to live or if you want to have a story worth telling, you've got to live a story worth telling. And that happens for us as disciples of Jesus when we find our place in Jesus's story, when we understand that we are so connected together as a church and we're so connected with Jesus in our personal relationship with him that his story literally becomes ours. And, and that, just by the way, side note, that is what our logo is about. The two triangles interjoined by a middle one. It's, it's a, uh, an artistic representation of our vision. Our story becoming his story through the story. The gospel bringing God with people, joining the kingdom of heaven with the kingdom of earth. That's what it's about. So if you do hand out cards and people are like, what is that? Be like, it's our story becoming a part of God's story through the gospel story. That's what it is. So uh, Jesus, again, he invites us. This is what's so amazing. He invites us into his story. He invites us to partner with him in his story. And that's deep down, like what we all want. People may not know that, but deep down, everybody wants to be a part of a story bigger than their own. Deep down, everybody's looking for meaning, looking to be a part of a great story. That's why we love movies. That's why we love going to the Shakespeare Festival. That's why we love social media. It's people's stories. Like, that's what our culture is about. That's what it's about. And Jesus is saying, man, like, I'm inviting you. Like, I, I see your desire 
to, to be a part of something great, something bigger than yourself, a big, great story. Jesus invites us into his story, and he did that through himself coming down to this earth, through him entering into our story, through the perfect coming down to uh, an, an imperfect world in order to redeem us and to make a way for us to be able to live the story that God actually created us to live. And we see that in, in Matthew chapter 13 as well. Check this out. Check what happens in verse 8. Other seeds, it says, fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. So check this out. One seed one gospel seed, one kingdom seed, one invite card, one seed has the potential to produce a hundredfold crop and more. And I'm here to tell you guys, that one seed, the only good seed was Jesus. He is, thank you, he is the good seed. Jesus prophesied about in Genesis chapter 3 when sin entered the world that, that the seed of the woman would come and crush the head of the serpent. Jesus himself, born of a virgin, came to this earth, lived a perfect life. He was the good seed. And when he was planted into the heart of earth's grave three days later, he rose from the dead victorious. And we all are here today because we are the hundredfold, thousandfold, millionfold fruit because of one person, Jesus. Amen? So check this out. Jesus, the good seed, us now a part of that, a fruit of that, uh, entered into his story through redemption because of what Jesus did. And now we are called to live in such a way that we're planting seeds and we're living sacrificially, inviting people into the story of Jesus. As we do what Jesus did, as we plant seeds, God is the one who comes and waters it. God is the one who produces fruit. God is the one and the only one who can bring someone to salvation and, and to see their need for the gospel. But we have the role of man. Jesus, you've brought me into your story through you coming down to this earth and meeting us where we're at. And now we're going to be a church that does the same thing. We're going to go into the community and we're going to plant seeds and we're going to meet people where they are. And Christ loved us and died for us while we were his enemies. We're going to go and love people and serve people, even who we may not like and people who are far from Jesus. And as we do that, you plant one seed. Here's what we're going to see happen. Revival. Here's what we're going to see happen. A hundredfold. Here's what we're going to see happen. The vision that God has given us for this church, the story of Jesus transforming the story of people's lives in the city of Ashland, we can see that take place if we will live the way that God has called us to live as disciples, reaching all people, planting seeds to all people, meeting their, them where they're at, just like Christ has done for us. And as we do that, one seed one card, one invite, you have no idea that by changing one person's life, that could affect millions and millions of other people. And this church right now, this is the fruit, the hundredfold, we have over a hundred people here. This is a hundredfold fruit on one man, one person, Jesus ultimately, but one person investing in my life. There was many people who have, but beyond the shadow of a doubt, one person in my younger years of Bible college, said, you know what? I see potential in this guy. And I'm going to plant a seed, and I'm going to give him opportunity, and I'm going to invest in him. And this is 10 years ago, and now we're planting this church. And all of this right here is evidence 
of what investing in people, investing in one person can do. And so that's the type of church we're going to be. We're going to invest in people. We're going to invest in the community. And so I want to invite up to the stage my lifelong mentor, friend, coach, pastor, um, Wesley Town, to come and share a little bit about our story together. So give it up for Wes. Good morning, the story. How are you guys doing? You, this is such a blessing for us, for Zav and I to see today, and for Lisa. Um, I first met Zav 10 years ago. Maybe 11. Um, I was a teacher at Calvary Chapel Bible College, and Zav came in, and he was wearing, like, big pink glasses and, like, a tank top. He's always in a tank top. And uh, I thought he was in middle school. And so I checked. I was like, you know, middle school isn't right here. And he's like, no, no, I'm in college. This is my freshman year. And so uh, I was, I was, you know, I was like, this guy's really cool. You know, I'm going to really hang out with him. And he's got different flavors, super unique. Um, and he was in a, some of my classes. My classes tended to be hard. Um, and uh, I was proud of him for taking at least one or two of my classes. So um, I got to know him and see his personality, see him around people, um, see his adventurous heart. And one day I asked him to teach uh, a chapel at the Bible college. And uh, I told him, Zav usually went surfing uh, instead of studying after school. So I said, today you're going to come into my office with my books and you're going to study. I'm going to teach you how to study and uh, you're going to finish your study. Then you can go surfing. And so he did it. He studied. He tried to get out of it halfway through. And I said, no, you got to finish before you leave. And he studied. Then he went surfing. That's a great, you know, great priorities right there. And uh, so he taught the next day and I thought it was amazing. He didn't think it was amazing because he just told one of his, like, amazing stories. You're going to get to hear so many cool stories. This guy has stories that you're just like, is this real? But they're, they're really real. Uh, they may be exaggerated, just m minor areas. Uh, ask Rousseau about that. Um, but his brother. But they're amazing. And so I kept having him teach. And eventually he felt a call to ministry. Um, fast forward a number of years. We planted a church in Eugene called Ecclesia. Um, and we, uh, at this point, we're the second fastest growing church in the state of Oregon, besides the church that planted us, Solid Rock, which is called now West Side of Jesus Church, and um, we needed somebody to pastor our college students, and so three different times I asked Zav to come to Eugene. Uh, the third time worked, so don't give up, and he came to Eugene. He's been with us for five years, growing, learning, uh, developing as a leader, phenomenal communicator. He met his wife, Lisa. She is amazing. Um, and uh, we've been investing in him. And a year ago, we announced to our church that we were going to be planting a church in Ashland, Oregon. So this is Ecclesia's first church plant, uh, the story in a Ashland, Oregon. And we are so blessed to have you guys here. Uh, I'm so proud of Zav and Lisa they are amazing human beings. They love Jesus. They're going to be committed to you and this city. And this is going to be adventure. We've done it. It's an adventure. And this is going to be adventure for all of you. And for these two, it's going to be the biggest adventure because they're kind of leading the way. And God has called them and gifted them for this. 
And so we are proud of them. We stand by them. We are, we are their church uh, family. We've planted this church. We're connected. We're going to stay connected. Um, I'm a part of the board of this church, uh, along with another one of our elders at Ecclesia. And uh, we are all in investing in, in this city and supporting you guys. And so we just want to say thanks for coming. We pray that Jesus would not only transform your heart in a fresh way, but that Jesus would transform the hearts of the people in this community. Exactly what Zav shared, I believe that is the heart of God for what God wants to do through this church. And so I would love to pray over Zav and Lisa this morning and to pray for the church, for you guys and what God is going to do. And know that you guys have a home church in Eugene that is praying and supporting and investing in what God is doing here. And so we are excited and blessed to be a part of what God is doing here in the city of Eugene. I mean, no, the city of Ashland. <laughs> Pardon me. My heart and head is always in Eugene. So um, I want to pray for these two. If, if Lisa, could you come up here? And... Uh, I want to pray for these two this morning, and I want to pray for you guys as a church family. Jesus, I am so proud of these two. I pray that your spirit would touch them, bless them, empower them with exactly the heart of what you want to do in this city. And I pray that they would consistently and constantly Share that with this community and with this church family. And that you would set a flame, a passion to reach people, all different kinds of people in this city. Lord, may your spirit be upon this work. And may Jesus be exalted in this city, made famous through every follower of Christ. I pray that each person in here that you've called to be a part of this church, that they would be invested with all of their heart and that they would get to see the fruit as I've shared of what you're about to do. Lord, it is exhilarating, but it's also hard work. So I pray for laborers in the harvest. I pray God for diligence. I pray God for perseverance. I pray for strength spiritually I pray for this church family that each person here would seek you and grow in you and learn to follow you and have a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Bless this church. Thank you for every single person here. And I pray that the mission of your son, Jesus Christ, and his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead would transform the hearts of the people in this city. We love you, Lord. We bow our hearts and we bow our lives before you. We pray that your will would be done in this city. That your heart would be communicated in this city. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Love you guys.